What's good, y'all? It's your boy C Roll Money Money. That C dot R O double dollar sign. Host of the Nerding with Friends podcast. I'm joined tonight with my co-host, Codename Comet. Yo, what's happening, my fellow blurs, nerds, and peaceful herds? It's your boy, Codename Comet. And we are also joined tonight with Nikki C, the Ninja Nicole Fletcher. <laughs> That's hey. a dope ass moniker, G. I know. I need a little. You know, <laughs> I'm working on it. Um, yeah, I'm happy to be back, of course. Um, you know, I have my own personal podcast coming out soon, so uh, I'm sure I'll be back here to uh, advertise that. Universal love, be on the lookout. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait to be a part of that. But let's get into this. Happy Black History Month, everybody. Uh, every month is Black History Month, but it should go, go a little bit harder in February. You got to, right? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of overrated at this point. I mean, I feel like, again, every month is Black History Month, so. Hey, would you give me them 28, 29 days? Yeah. <laughs> I bust out that dashiki, you know, a couple of memes every now and then. Well, I ain't seen you rock a dashiki in celebrate Kwanzaa, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but today we are going to celebrate Black voices, literally, by going over some of the most iconic Black voice actors that you've heard throughout the years. Some are some very recognizable voices. Some, they have such range that you don't know who they are, when they are, or what they are. So we haven't had a lot of representation on the screen animated growing up, but behind the scenes, we've always been on top. And the fact that you say that, I just want to put in something because I wasn't going to be heated today, but it's that kind of time. I feel like Hollywood, though they love our voices, they might just hate our faces. Message! Because... Speak on it, brother. Some of these people, like, if you really... When we break down, like, who these characters are and what these characters mean for the voice acting space, the acting space as a whole, there's some of the biggest names and some of the biggest characters, some of the most iconic characters. Nah, go go ahead, Nikki. No, 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 that's, that's, I'm, you know, co-signing with you completely. Like, like they're not given the credit that's due no, in those senses. Not at all. I mean, and they're also, you know, now that I'm looking at a couple of these on the list, um, just supporting voices in a sense, but they make the, it's kind of like, okay, Spon- SpongeBob is great and all, but. This is Patrick! If Patrick wasn't there, you know what I mean? So it's a side character that that they end up being. Yeah, yeah. Damn, like, I, I never thought about that, just talking about voice actors, but could you imagine a Patrick-less SpongeBob? Exactly, yeah. Such a boring show. I don't want to. Exactly. So it, it, it's these these characters that we're about to go over are just so necessary, so pivotal, so versatile. So, you know, the adjectives go on and on. Seriously. And because this is a podcast and we have the amazing magical ability of post-production, we're going to throw in some sample clips from their voices just to jar your memory a little bit. For some specific it's going to be a good time. Ones. You're going to enjoy it. I know it. So, if y'all ready, let's get into it. We're going to start today with two heavyweights. And we'll start with my first. This is my personal favorite voice actor. Somebody who does not get the recognition they deserve. His voice is up there with the iconic likes of Morgan Freeman, if you ask me. And that is Keith David, graduate of Juilliard, who has one of the most powerful, demanding 
articulate, just there's so much charm in his voice. One thousand years ago, superstition and the sword ruled. It was a time of darkness. It was a world of fear. It was the age of gargoyles. Uh, let me just 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 stop for a moment and just think about all the great Keith David moments in, in life. Let's mm. let's not forget that Keith David. Unlike a lot of the the names on this list, I don't know if any of the names on this list has played himself in voice acting. Like there was a video game. I'm pretty pretty sure Keith David was Keith David in Saints Row. Who would have thought it, huh, Ben? Like, <laughs> which just tells you in itself, like that's how goaded he really is. Um, I think, honestly, my whenever I think Keith David, it, it's the it's a role that you don't think about, but. Reverse Giraffe and Rick and Morty is my favorite Keith David role because (laughs) that weird looking shit with that diva ass, goaded ass voice. You know me, I'm Reverse Giraffe. I have a short neck and leg. (laughs) Right? Short neck, long body. I didn't realize he was the Reverse Giraffe, but I, I, the president. Mm -hmm. The president. (laughs) The president. Yeah. Like that voice is that character. uh, And I hate to call him a character, but he's just a character. He's able to do just so much. So he just has to be a character more than an actor. Um, I know I first saw him uh, in the light of scary movies. So I always had an eerie feel Hmm. and that name, that uh, voice is just got this eerie. And when those eyebrows go up to the corners of his head, you know what I mean? Um, And I remember him from the cat and Coraline when I was growing up. I love Tim Burton and that devilish voice, (laughs) smooth, cunning, smooth, yeah, exactly. That's so good. My favorite Keith David voice uh, roles were he was he was a hero to me, but he was a very dark hero. Yes. And what he played, uh, Goliath, probably, you know, everybody's seen Gargoyles. It's on Disney Plus. Great show. If you haven't watched it, please go watch it right now. The way he portrays Goliath is like Shakespearean. We can all die together. You and I, the whole clan. And our daughter. There's so much weight and gravitas that he brings to that role. It's like when he talks, you you know, like he commands respect, the control of the room. That is what you get. <laughs> he brings out such a humanistic side of Goliath. Like there is good and evil in all of us, human and gargoyle alike. You should know that more than anyone. I did, I never thought of Goliath as you know a gargoyle. He was just a nigga that went to sleep at night. Like yeah. <laughs> and you, he, he did a good job of portraying pain, like especially in. I don't know if you guys watched the the '90s Spawn series that was on yeah. HBO. That was him too, and he was also Black Panther in the '90s Fantastic Four. So he's got a little bit of that regal flair to his voice as well. You know, I, mean, I remember from uh, the Princess and the Frog to. Mm-hmm. I just got back from New Orleans and honestly, all I could hear in my head was his voice because I remember, you know, the shadow thing and actually down in New Orleans, the, they had, uh, you know, the houses decorated and there was usually they do like the shadow figure type of uh, outline of a person. And I could just hear his voice in my head. That's how ingrained in black culture. He really, really is. Right. Yeah. You could be girl. heard around like our entire childhood mm-hmm. and adulthood. Mm-hmm. So a voice that we know well. 
I know we're sticking to voiceovers, so I will mention in community, he had a live action role, but the first time he was on there, he was the narrator for the Pillow Fort War that uh, Troy and Abed had. And it's like, it's such a, it's such an underrated voice. Like, like I think Nicole said earlier, it's smooth. It's just like, it's, I'd like I would I would pay to have that nigga read me a bedtime story, bro. <laughs> I would, David I has would to... pay to have him tell me a, a scary story on Halloween, like some real <laughs> vibe campfire. Evil, 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 evil. Yeah, him and Peel need to collab. I'm not gonna that. cap, bro. Like. It, Keith David could literally tell me, get up, bitch, to wake up in the morning. I get up. Like, like, I... no, wake your ass up, young that's, man. That's, that's like, at like 3 a.m., though. Like, let's give another vet his flowers and we're going to switch things over to the great James Earl Jones, aka Darth Vader. So when it comes to James Earl Jones, I think everybody recognizes him as Mufasa. Mufasa. Nigga played. Nigga was so good at Mufasa, Mufasa when the live action, quote unquote, live action rolled around. They was like, oh, we bringing this man yeah. back. If anybody, we bringing back this man. There's no other Mufasa. Who else can say you delivered me this little baby? That voice. That voice, right? It's also similar to Keith David, who. Yeah. Um, as you might not know, the House of Mouse, uh, Keith David actually voiced Mufasa in that when they didn't get James Earl Jones. Hmm. So they they both have that same like these are like I saw that black you did fathers Kimba. like black grandfathers. Both that I missed that. What'd you say? I said I saw that he did Kimba too, the original one, the one that Lion King came from. Oh yeah, that was him. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Which is yeah. Look at you, J E J. True to who you are. For right. Real. This nigga is a lion. <laughs> right. Like Cat Boy of the Tiger. <laughs> the lion. Hey, and then he wore himself on his arm and uh coming to America. So he truly is the lion, bro. Goated. Yeah. <laughs> but I just, I just doesn't have Star Wars and Lion King. What what else do you guys recognize James Earl Jones from? <sighs> Not too many voices. That's the thing with with this voice. But the thing is, is that it's one again one of those voices that you just hear in your head. Type of, you know what I mean? Like, I think you said it best, uh, Money, when you said that um, these voices, Keith David, James Earl Jones, has those grandfather dad um types of voice and then like nikki was saying this is it's that kind of such an iconic voice that if he told you to do if you just happen to like not be paying attention and he told somebody in a scene to do some shit you're probably gonna do that same thing not even like being told like it just yeah. it's, it's that kind of voice he has that sort of power and energy within like that 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 deep tone it's like how can you leader. not listen to pops What's him, up and, uh, him and Uncle Phil always reminded me of each other. Yeah. Like, he was mm. that kind of, this is dad. Like, Je- um, Keith David probably was like my little bitter, angry uncle, and mm-hmm. Jones was my dad. Like, <laughs> 
that voice. He was and it's funny that you said James little, Avery, little, too. Because I'm a little whiskey in the glass talking. <laughs> you know your daddy wasn't shit when we were younger. Our Scar, they should have had Keith David do Scar. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been good. <laughs> Speaking of James Avery, he was also a voice actor, and he was Shredder in the 1980s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Hmm. You passed your test with flying colors. And, and, and since we're going with a little quick uh, um, cartoon characters that don't get a lot of love as, you know, the, the animations, Jaleel White, you know, in the role of Sonic. Mm-hmm. You know, just a little quick one-off, but a, another character that you don't find out that, oh, that's Sonic's voice? Until you're, like, way older. Right. And then it just becomes, oh, Sonic's Urkel? Yeah. Which is disrespectful in itself. <laughs> Just to name a few more of Keith David's roles, I'm sorry, y'all. He's he's a I'm, I, I stand. Oh, bro, you I know you've been waiting on this moment since we started a podcast. This might have been like m- number three on your list of reasons to start a podcast just to big up Keith David. So <laughs> take your time. He needs it, you know. Just got Somebody nominated got for an NAACP award for his work in Greenleaf. Shout out to Keith David. Mm. Let's see, Flame King from Adventure Time. I know y'all like Adventure Time. Yeah, I do enjoy Adventure Time. I did see that on the list. Atlas from Teen Titans, Apollo and Hercules. If you need a strong, boisterous voice with some authority and some control, look no further. James Earl Jones, Keith David. There's something special about these ones that we're talking about, too, that... Even their presence, like, you know, I mean, it's one thing to be a voice actor. It's another thing to actually be an actor. And they're actually actors, you know, mm-hmm. like they, they can hold a room. Type they, they can command both. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, you don't you don't see too much about either one of them nowadays. It's very sparingly, but they've withstood the test of time. Like they're still oh, yeah. here. They're still doing work. There's no drop off. Shout out to them for being around. It's been yeah. some crazy times. I mean, I got to think a lot of the reason why a lot of these other names are on this list is from hearing voices like Keith David and James Earl Jones. Oh, definitely, for sure. Now that you said that, let's move on to the next generation of voice actors. And this is a a short list of people but it's a long list of talents. There's no way we can get into all the credits these people have done. Yeah, bro. Let's you start. talking about our childhood? Oof. These three. <laughs> all over it, yo. Let's let's jump right into things with Phil Lamar, who played all my favorite black superheroes growing up. He was the Green Lantern in Justice League. He was Static and Static Shock. Um... Who else? He was Aquaman and Young Justice, Hermes from Futurama. He's got a very impressive repertoire, but I think my personal favorite might be Samurai Jack. Mine would definitely have to be uh, Hermes Conrad and and Wilt. It's game time for the Wilt Man. uh, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. I I held on really, really hard to my childhood cartoons. So yeah, that was a that was a good role. And you know, Wilt was black too. So mm-hmm. oh, yeah. I think he was Hermes and um, Barbados. Yeah. Slim. Mm-hmm. On the island. 
I love when that when I love when voice actors play roles that are like opposing one another. So you basically talking shit to yourself. Hermes Conrad, is that you inside that dumpy little fat man? <gasps> Barbados Slim. What are you doing here? I loved uh, Phil Lamar from uh, Mad TV. Again, I'm mm-hmm. a yeah. huge Mad TV fan. And his range on uh, impressions and improvis- improvisation is ridiculous. ridiculous. Definitely. And it's, another live action role was in Pulp Fiction. He was the buddy who got his head blown off in the first <laughs> Oh, man, I shot Marvin in the face. Why the fuck you do that? Oh, Marvin, bro. He shot Marvin. <laughs> Quick question. What the fuck was Marvin doing there anyway? <laughs> I'd have to go back and watch. <laughs> he was the inside man, I believe, to get the briefcase. Okay. Damn, bro. He was just doing his fucking job. Oh, Marvin. It happens. Good job, Phil. Hey, it's always somebody who's just doing their job. <laughs> he was also Smokey in the animated Friday show. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That range, Osmosis Jones and Ozzy and Drake's. In the show, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He even he even wound up in Avatar. He was the Earth King. Oh, the one we were talking about not long ago. Oh, bitch ass. Impressionist list is ridiculous too. Listen, that man, and he can switch it up. He can play. Yeah, he can I'm play a grown it. man with military experience. He can play a little nerdy boy. I'm saying Lucius Fox on this list. I know he's one of those actors. Um, don't quote me on exactly what films, but I know he's done it before. Um, where you think it's Morgan Freeman, but it's not. Yep. He's done a couple. I get you. Yep. <laughs> I believe it. Which just shows his ability to, you know, do impressions in himself, like really a goaded type of, you know, comedian, actor, like, you know, jack of all trades that doesn't get nearly as much credit as he should. Like, I feel like a lot of the reason I even know who Phil Lamar is because, like Nikki said, Matt, he was on Mad TV. So, you know, mm-hmm. once you start seeing that name pop up everywhere else, you start seeing his face. And it's just like, oh, shit, he's doing this and this and this and this. God, God damn it. Like, mm-hmm. no shortage of jobs. And these are just, like, starring roles. Like, he does additional, like, if you look at his catalog, it's, you see a lot of additional roles, additional roles. Like, he's filling in. He's got range. When I say I, I pulled up his IMDb and it's still extend, expanding itself, I'm not bullshitting. Mm. It's been about three seconds. Well, damn. I got roles for days. Yeah. Two more roles for you. Carver from The Weekenders. Really? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Not, you know. <laughs> and this one's a little obscure, but if you used to watch Grim and Evil, he was Hector Concarne. Who's Hector? Yeah. I remember Hector Concarne. Yeah. The brain. Yeah. That was stuck to the bear. From Adventures of uh, Billy and Mandy. Mm-hmm. Hector Concarne. You know, you know what's wonderful? What I'm noticing about his roles, too. Sometimes, you know, they do make black actors uh, be white characters. Well, I guess the ones so far have all been black characters. That's Samurai that. Jack for the most part. Yeah. Okay. That's dope that they, you know, don't make you be... I mean... I know sometimes... Do we call Samurai Jack an honorary black man because he was the only human, though? (laughs) In a land full of aliens getting treated like a (laughs) whatever? He he was definitely a minority. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You didn't give him that much yet. (laughs) Right. (laughs) He understood the black struggle. 
Yeah. Even Wilt just he was definitely down on his luck. Oh my gosh, yeah. Bro had <laughs> one hand and was still balling on folks. Still balling. Tall as shit. Fucked up eye, one arm. The thing that I love that they did about uh the character for Wilt was um they I love when people make it look like well, or not look like black people are predators or black people are tough or plus. He was such a docile, humble individual. He was the coolest one in the crew. Yeah. In every situation. Always trying to help. Do you guys remember the movie when he went to go um, face the bully and you found out about mm. his backstory and mm-hmm. he was created to help a little boy named Jordan Michael be good at basketball? Yeah. So that was, you know, that's kind of like his purpose in life. It's to help people. I still yeah. remember that one episode where they went to the store to buy a gift and he never even made it in because he was holding the door open for, for so long. <laughs> he <was laughs> the whole episode. And he just he just embodied that. Like you think of Will, I think of like a a little bit of a pushover. You know, he's gonna let people walk over him a little bit, but then he can play roles. Like, what is a pushover when you just love everybody? Is that a pushover? Yeah, for everybody, that's okay. That's that's you just living your life's purpose. Let me let me reword that. He seems easy, more easygoing, lackadaisical, and then you have a role where he's like Green Lantern, John Stewart, former former Marine. He's like, hey. We got to get in line. And he put that base in there. Are you going to need all those power cells? If that's what it takes, I can still pull my weight, you know. There's more to me than just a fancy ring. They're like, okay. All right, no, I see you. Just to be able to have that range and then play Virgil Hawkins, scrawny little nerdy kid. and I just read that he voiced uh, Rick Grimes in the animation film of The Walking Dead. Mm. All right. He plays everybody. (laughs) White, black, old, young. Now it's time to give the ladies some love. This is probably my favorite female voice actor, just because I've been rocking with her since she started acting back in the uh, the days of Different World. I think she been rocking with you. <laughs> she been rocking with us. You got to give me five on that one, baby. <laughs> we just along for the ride. Us. She has not strayed us. She- and it's been a hell of a ride, too, hasn't it? Yes. Shout out to Chris Summer and her very long and decorated career. I don't even know where to start. Uh, start where? I mean, let's let's. I mean, I'll start with where I first remember her, and that was honestly as Penny. I didn't find out she was Penny until like four days ago. Really? So right now, I, I literally, yeah, I didn't know that from was Inspector Summer. Gadget. Penny yeah. from Inspector Gadget. Just for the people who don't know who the hell Penny is. Back in him, my and fault. She was she was really running shit. If anybody really, truly this, running shit, Spectre Spectre Gadget was shit. just fucking shit up. He just had the technique, up. the tools. But Penny and Penny and Brain was doing everything. Kevin Brain, are you keeping an eye on Uncle Gadget? Yeah, I'm gonna give you one better. Oh, go ahead, Nicole. I already know I was, what you're gonna say. Probably about to say it, Elmira. Ah, oh, you was gonna say Elmira? Yes, I loved her. And I mean, honestly, Elmira, Susie Carmichael, and number five, I mean, straight mm-hmm. down. That's it. All three of them, it doesn't matter. They, I, were, I was all watching all of them at the same time and was like, something is similar here, but I'm too young to put it together. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> but I like it. Yes, but I like it. I don't know who you are, but thank you, you for being here. I, don't... I, I vibes with you. Come on. What about you? You specifically. That, that she she made sure, you know, even with Elmira, even though Elmira was a little white girl. Wubby, Let's play some more. Um, she provided that representation and at a young age for people in our in our millennial generation, you know? So that's everything, I mean, to to my growth. And um, I she had that raspy, she has that raspy voice. Uh, I always gravitated to it because I have a deeper type of voice. So it was like, okay, I don't have to have this high-pitched voice that America or the media or whatever is portraying me to have. Message. I can sound like this. And then when I did finally see what she looks like, again, more representation. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah. So you look like me, like, so this is possible for you to be in each one of these lanes, um, excelling and saying that this is something we can do. And her as number five and being number five. five. I like how she referred to herself in third and third person too. You connect the lines while number five sees what Cree is up to. Number five don't like the idea. Yo, <laughs> could you imagine if like it was actually a, it could be an R rated like an R rated TV show and she could have been like, man, is number five gonna have to choke a bitch? Because like, you know it would have sound so dope <laughs> from her voice. Well, like, number five, thank you over on that bullshit. <laughs> like I can't wait today until we get like kids next door the adult version, bro. Like it's can gonna we, be the dopest. Can we shit. submit this to her? And ask her if she could say some of this shit. I'm, we might have to, bro. I want I want that on my retail. Is, is number five gonna have to choke a bitch? <laughs> but uh, just uh, lift up. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, I, go I, ahead, I go got ahead. I gotta drop some love on my on my lady real quick. On the go ahead, ahead, dog. Because something about the way that Cree Summer, like we got to think about when she started. It was in 1983. I'm not sure how old she is, but let's let's you know. Actually, no, I'm pretty sure she was childish actor. But as the story goes on in her life, like she played a lot of different roles in a lot of different stages of life. And she still had a way about presenting it in a way that whoever the viewer was could actually understand it. So it seemed like despite being like despite the role, she was able to mold herself into the character to such a degree that we as the viewer felt the way that she felt. So it almost felt like she had to understand us to be able to present a role that we would really like appreciate. And I feel like she did that in every character from Susie Carmichael, the six-year-old. Hi, my name's Susie. What's yours? To, you know, uh, fucking... What's her name? Fucking Poodle from Clifford the Big Red Dog. I mean, I watched it. Right. And I, I didn't realize that. And that's, that was, again, that my childlike mind being like, this sounds familiar, but I don't know. Like it just, it didn't click of course, until you get older and you realize that these are not, you know, fictional characters. They're actual people behind this voice or whatever. How old were you when you found out that Susie Carmichael was number five? Um, I think that was one of the things that we just kind of connected Again, I didn't know that it was a Cree Summers. I just mm. knew that at this point, okay, now I get voices. Now I get yeah. 
I get um, cartoons. I get that, you know what I mean? When I first got put on with, um, of course, Susie Carmichael, I didn't mm. really understand what uh, television was. Like, I thought that if I turn my TV off, that this thing stops. Mm. <laughs> no one else is watching anything. You know what I mean? So you just didn't understand. But at a certain point, I'm like, okay, this is the same voice. I was probably in elementary school at that point when I think, you know, when me and Chris did our uh, 90s recap, um, definitely middle school when all of these cartoons start coming, I'm like, okay, I get this. I get what this is. I get what y'all doing. Like, You was hired because I recognize your voice and you got a good voice. Okay. But little known fact, did you know Chris Summer was the original Meg Griffin? I did not. Although I, I do say that, you know, uh, Mila is perfect for that. Mm. Yes. Yes. You know what's crazy? That means that Meg Griffin was three character there was three uh voice actresses at a different point. Who's the other one? Uh who the I forgot her name, but it was Gretchen Wiener. Oh, Ooh. I love Gretchen Gretchen Wiener, yeah, from uh Mean Girls. Yeah, I can't remember her name. Um, did it say why she left, Chris? She was supposedly fired. Mm. I don't recall why. Probably too damn cool. Right. We're not even going to get to what Seth MacFarlane got going on over there. Let's continue showing love to the queen. I got a few roles to list off. She was Maxine from Batman Beyond, basically his sidekick. She was the tech person with the pink hair. Kept him in check as well. Foxy he was back love. to her penny days. Foxy love and drawn together. Hi, Foxy. It's your birthday. Now for real, real. Just for play, play. Hyena hey. from Gargoyles. Look at that. We got two on our list from Gargoyles. They might get their whole lineup. Miranda from It's Told by Ginger. Uh, a couple little side ones uh, from an extremely goofy movie. She was club <laughs> I, I always felt like Thank max and goofy i always felt like max and goofy were black oh they are. yeah they were black okay. they okay. Are. you know it's funny i went to new orleans and um uh it was cold so we were getting uh ham warmers right and uh my line sister reminded me to buy black so uh we picked doc mcstuffins and then there was only goofy and i was like goofy's black <laughs> goofy's definitely black Goofy is definitely Mickey's black friend. (laughs) But I do have possibly the most random favorite Cree Summer uh, voice acting role. And that is in Atlanta from the episode where Paperboy was during the uh, radio show and they had the commercials and they had the commercial where the cops met the kid with the wolf with the cereal. Yeah. That was I her remember and the two that. kids. What is that what are you talking about? He just he wanted just some cereal. cereal. <laughs> <laughs> That's what? <laughs> no. So if you haven't seen this, uh, Atlanta's a great show. They did a oh very uh, self-aware commercial about a fox trying to take some cereal for some kids and he gets attacked by a police officer and the police officer is like beating the shit out this wolf and the kids are like yo just chill out he can have some cereal and the cop's like no that's against the law this fool know he eat coconut crunchos and you ain't no kid it's a great clip let's go check it out 
Nicole, you ain't seen it? No. Um, I, I, actually, I'm pretty sure I have. I'm just not recalling at the... Um, to continue going with uh, Miss Cree, um, Pepper Ann, she was the twins, uh, Tessa and Vanessa. Mm. Mm. Um, black characters, of course. Mm-hmm. And Shout out to black was that her? That was the that, that was the male friend's little siblings, right? I believe so. I thought they were. Am I tripping? For those who know about Atlantis, the Lost Empire, she was Princess Kita. Yes. So she's also a Disney That's princess. And she was also in Friday, the animated series, as Dana and the Mama. Uh, the Double dipping in that bit. My other she was Carver's mama, right? Um, Penny and, yeah, Carver's mom. Mm-hmm. I can't believe we just talked about number five and forgot to mention that she also played number five's sister, who was eight. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Who was a I, badass operative and fucking got shit done for the teenagers. She was a fucking problem for them kids, bruh. So she like she was such a problem. You got excited to see her on on screen because you knew shit was about to get real. Like with her and other dude that traded on them, like turned up Maurice. Yeah, bruh. That nigga Maurice pulled up. You know it was over. And I think Phil Lamar voiced him. Oh, but speak of the devil. Our next subject, Kevin Michael Richardson. Everybody recognizes Kevin Michael Richardson voice. He's pretty much like any big scary man you hear is mm-hmm. most likely Kevin Michael Richardson. But he's also got great range. The first time I think I heard him was in Dexter's Lab at Action Hate. Uh-huh. You remember uh, Action Hank? He was like the G.I. Joe ripoff. It was a black dude. All right, mystery feeling man. The ride's over. And I remember that whole episode that he was introduced. It was about Dexter. Shout out to Dexter's to be a representation. Come on. Putting Doing on. it right. He was also the boogeyman and the Powerpuff Girls, the episode with the boogeyman uh, took over the night and they put that disco ball in the sky. Yo, the star as a Star Wars episode. Mm-hmm. And while we're talking about Chris Summer, he played her dad in Kids Next Door with a Bill Cosby impersonation. Hmm. You know, when y'all said his name, I couldn't rem- really remember. Yeah, I, I feel like he has one of those names that get lost in the sauce. Mm-hmm. He's also got he's got a very recognizable voice. It's just like I don't know how to explain it. It's that deep, like. It's good for when you see a character, you think they're going to be like this big dummy and then they start reciting poetry. That's what I think about when I think of his voice. I, I don't know if this next character that he played is, is I would call it much of a dummy, but he definitely has sort of a deep voice. He played, uh, he did five years as the Shredder. Mm, for the um, the CGI Ninja Turtles, right? Yup. Yeah, he he'd had, he had a deep uh, commanding voice for that one. He was also the lion turtle and uh, Avatar yeah. that uh, gave Aang his powers at the end. You know, I don't watch too many uh, superhero stuff and stuff like that, but mm. I remember him from uh, Lilo and Stitch, Captain Gantu. Mm. Mm. And he was Cobra Bubbles. 
Mm-hmm. One again, one yeah. of those people that got to talk to themselves. Yeah. <laughs> schnitzel. I don't remember if Schnitzel. Rada, rada. He's Schnitzel. Yes. Oh, that's rada, rada, rada. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's, that's got to be such a fun role. <laughs> you Nicole, you know him from uh, uh, the Cleveland show. What character? Cleveland Junior. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He's Cleveland he, Junior. That's really well. So you he's know Lester how, too. You know how like Cree Summers, she's good at doing different roles, but mm-hmm. she still sounds like Cree Summers. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? How I was talking about this voice and his, he's really good at not sounding right. The same. His you know, voice is like, so iconic, but he has the range. He does. Yeah. He do you really think I'd send a flunky to eliminate my favorite sparring partner? <laughs> I reserve that pleasure for me alone. Then why? Because I miss your company, Batman. He is my he's my second favorite voice as the Joker. And he played him and he was a very different type of Joker. He he started off as like pretty much in like a straight jacket before he evolved to the suit wearing Joker. And he was like a wild man, but it was still had that, you know, that, that Joker esque feeling to it, like being off the edge. And you would think like this guy could not hit that kind of range as the Joker, but it works. And a lot of comical roles. He was also Mr. Gus and uncle grandpa. I haven't, I haven't seen much of that. He was uh, Maurice from um, Madagascar. Mm-hmm. Just a little. Uh, what, what were they? Was he a lemur? Is that like a lemur, baby right? or something? A lemur. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he played Panthro in that TV series for a little bit. Mm. He's also got a role as Trigon in Teen Titans. He is all over the place. Oh, another. Um, well, you might recognize him. Principal Lewis from American Dad. Oh, yes. Huh. Really? Mm-hmm. Damn. That's yeah, a big role, yeah. But that explains where he's been. That man has had some solid work for quite a while. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Many a job. And for many a year. And if you're familiar with um, Young Justice, he plays pretty much every black guy on there, anybody with a deep voice. He's Green Lantern. He's Martian Manhunter. He's Dr. Fate. He's um, Guardian, Mild Duncan. Uh, he, he's got... Yeah, bro, he's taking a lot of jobs. <laughs> yeah. Get that money, black man. Get that money. <laughs> he just sitting there with scripts. <laughs> he's probably sitting in a room with a stack of scripts. <laughs> I like that that he played Lester in um, uh, the Cleveland show because it makes me feel a lot better knowing that the voice of Lester came from a black man. <laughs> Some of the shit that Lester would say. <laughs> you know, it's funny. And that's the thing about uh, white people from that type of background, like that trailer park, you know, persona that they portray. But they, they are very close to niggas from the hood. Yeah. Yep. Very. <laughs> this shit is not that far close. apart at all. Very, very close. A brick throw away. Literally. <laughs> um, he's Doctor Payne from Proud Family. Mm. The house called Doctor. When I used to be taking all the Oscar money for that little shit. <laughs> Shout out Tommy Davidson. Shout out to Proud Family. 
Yes. For that stellar cast. Black History Month. I think the twins were the twins voice was the Chris Summer voice one of the twins. Hmm. I feel like it's either her or E.G. Daly. And I don't want it to be E.G. Daly just because there was a lot of black people on there. And I feel like you could have rounded it out and you could have given a black person that that baby role. Even though E.G. Daly is probably the most iconic baby voice. Shout out to Tommy Pickles. Um, no, she was Peebo. Mm, I remember Peebo. That was that little green thing, right? <laughs> nah, the little this little boy. Oh damn! What am I thinking well, about? The little green. That's what I'm, oh, that was Vanessa Williams that voiced that character. I remember people annoying ass. Tie my shoes too. I just use Velcro because I'm a busy man. That's all. Why are you talking to yourself, Mister Proud? Pebo, you know what a doorbell is. A doorbell is a device placed on the outer wall of a home that is used to signal the occupants that they have visitors. <laughs> <laughs> Little annoying ass boy, he's always fuck with Mr. Proud. I don't know about yeah. this, Mr. Proud. <laughs> Mr. Proud, that's not a good idea. Good shout out that man. What you mean, bro? Oh, he was. He people was always there for. He was. While we're talking about great women, I know we, we, we just finished up with Kevin Michael Richardson. We'd be here all day if we were to stay on everything he's done. Let's give some love to some more of the ladies in voice acting. And I'm going to take it off with Regina King, who has been killing it as a director as of lately. But I'm always going to love her as Huey and Riley from the Boondocks. Is it worth getting hurt again? Yeah. Going to jail? Yep. Getting killed? Yes, sir. Kissing a man? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Whoa. Kissing a man. I mean, if it feels natural and that's what you're into, I mean. No, that don't count. That's a do-over. I didn't know you was going to say that. Guess you really want that chain back. No. That's the I best feel like that's enough to talk about right like, there. <laughs> those, are, those are the roles for me. Say those two extremes. And like, again, somebody who's like essentially talking to themselves for a lot. Of Every day, doing. all the time. The enti- like, she, she only got the script. Like, <laughs> it was her and a. Uh, Guy rest his soul for pops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bruh, uh, go ahead, Nikki. That's the, I mean, I don't have much to say, not to say that I don't, you know, fuck with Regina King, but and, those are two pivotal roles. I mean, Aisha Tyler. Kind of talking to yourself <laughs> at that point. I mean, I don't know. Lana. Lana from <sighs> Archer is pretty much the role I know her in. Uh, Lana. 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 Lana! What? She's got a large that's, that's video game. <laughs> She's got a large video game um, voiceover roles as well. A lot of these people we mentioned have a lot of video game roles too. Like, it's really great, like, how big these black voices are. And I feel like voice actors in themselves don't get enough credit. And then to think about, you know, the black voice actors and how you, you know, we've named some black characters, but you got to think there are a lot of black characters we haven't named. And that's because they are not voiced by a black, a black person. And it's good that the representation is out there. Message. I know voice acting is something Codename is passionate about. Uh, Nicole, how do you feel about Very voice so. acting? Um, I think it's dope. I mean, 
where would my childhood be a good 90% of my childhood be without it? Um, because of cartoons and things like that, um, commercials and, you know, you just name, you can name anything. Um, so necessary for us to have. I don't know. <laughs> 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 off guard. I was looking up Sonia Layton. Yeah. <laughs> Who she was? I know she was in the Cleveland show. Yeah. She was um uh Donna. <laughs> mm. So let's just get into some honorable mentions now. There there are a lot of great songs here. Um let's start off with Samuel L. Jackson. I liked him as the, um, the, I think he was like a figment of Afro Samurai's imagination, the dude that followed him around. Hey, 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 can't you give a brother a break, yo? Can't you see the man's down? What about honor and, 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 and fairness and shit? Ah. Uh, yeah, exactly. also Gin Rummy and Boondocks. Well, what I'm saying is that there are known knowns and that there are known unknowns, but there's also unknown unknowns. Things we don't know that we don't know. Ah, damn. Who else Samuel L. Jackson been? That's the only one. That's a, the best ones I remember, man. Those are his best voiceover roles. I mean, again, that's just another voice that is so forming to our being completely like woman uh Dave Chappelle I mean I know those were actually his roles but uh mm. credit card commercials like just that voice is just another one that just hangs around us and it's gonna be around us uh what's the Dave Chappelle one about beer <laughs> it'll get you drunk bitch <laughs> you see me in the middle with the show <laughs> You might even fight a nigga or two. How <laughs> could I forget? Woman, where is my super suit? <laughs> oh, it, damn. That's one of his, that's his role. Yeah, from, uh, Golly, uh, how you get Frozone? The Incredibles, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Frozone. He's one of those roles like you, you don't have to see his face and you know exactly who he is. Mm-hmm. And let's, uh, another, another great, Eddie Murphy. And... People be forgetting Eddie Murphy know how to sing. Eddie Murphy is... Hold on, hold on. I, I, let me not stop you. You can't say people when we was them people, nigga. Damn, bro. We, we was part of them people, too. We forgot I that Eddie Murphy was been out here. I like party all the time. Hey, party all the time is that shit, bro. I still rock to it. Party all the time. Party all the time. Party all the time. Party all the time. Hey, they killed that shit, bro. Don't put us... That nigga killed that shit, bro. I knew. <laughs> he out here, bro. Eddie's got range. All the traits. Eddie's greatest voiceover roles. Let, let's. I that all right. So all right. So I got a question. Is his greatest role? Mm. Where he played multiple roles and did multiple roles, where he was pretty much the star of every scene he was in. Or the powerful, the pleasurable, the indestructible Mushu. Where there's like a literal population of people who won't even watch Mulan because he's not in it. Go. Definitely Mushu. Damn, you give it to Mushu, I'm gonna give it to Donkey. Really? I'm gonna give it to Donkey. Mushu was, uh, it was just, it was the entrance of black people into like the Asian culture. Like it was, we could, we felt like we could ride along. 
with whatever was going on on this. And we felt like we could relate, like really think about it into this world that was not ours. And for her to have this uh, black spirit guide. <laughs> yes, I'm going to ask for America. Let me hear you say, ow! Ah! That's close enough. Because <laughs> you know Rooster was black. Yeah. Everybody yeah, knew Rooster was black. dragon. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Exactly. He had, he had the beard, his black beard and everything. <laughs> his mannerisms, everything just about that character showed. And, you know, at that point, it's like, you know, technically we all come from Africa. So, but Asians are black. <laughs> I do appreciate Eddie Murphy being that vessel. Yes. But does, does that make him the magical Negro of the story? <laughs> um... Clearly not, because they took that magical Negro the fuck out. Yes, if you're talking about making a problem, yes. Could Moonlot have done that without Mushu? Of course. Could she have done it um, more fun with him? Absolutely. Like he made that trip, he made that journey fun, and everybody likes to have a fun friend to go on a journey with. So (laughs) without it, it was just missing from the live action. I I did. I like the character of Mushu, but looking back, I was like, man, you selfish little motherfucker. You doing all this for you. I still ain't like how he That's did selfish. how he did girl at the end. Donkey, on the other hand, I felt like Donkey always had Shrek's best interest in mind. He was a genuine good friend. Can I say something to you? Listen, you was really, really something back then. Incredible. Like Shrek was an ass for majority he of He was an asshole to him. And Donkey took that shit on the chin and kept trying. He had the girl. He ran away from her. He was like, you know what? Let me give you another chance. And now he got little happy dragon donkey babies. Like, he was the true hero of the franchise. Yeah. I mean, I agree. That, that role, too, if he wasn't in there, I'm not sure it would have been a really good role or a really good movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm a donkey on the just like uh, Chris says, he gets to exercise his uh, vocals and, you know, Shrek is one of the best karaoke movies out there mm-hmm. where you can sing all these songs. You know, that, that was the start of them putting cartoon, I mean, um, songs you knew in cartoons. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they did well with it. Movies. That, that definitely changed the game for a while. Yeah, and then they so, so they started putting them, you know, in the Book of Life and all these other, you know, cars, and just started throwing songs you actually knew and mm-hmm. and That's when cover music hit. Bro, the hot topic. Of, did they start the cover music? Did they make cover music fun. Yeah, they probably did. If you, if you look, I know for a fact that they made. Uh, because they only they did this at the end of every movie, they would have this uh, melody mashup mm-hmm. uh, like thing, and so you would want to watch the whole ending of it for this performance of cartoon characters doing this dramatic ass uh, melody mashup right. of songs you knew. Which, which you know, another knock uh, to uh, how great voice actors are, because it's really you know you want to hear your favorite voice actors or actors you know mm-hmm. sing the songs and have fun like you would mm-hmm. do the same stuff that you are exactly absolutely exactly so then you know movies at like after that uh like sing and trolls mm-hmm. they kind of got on the piggyback of 
making it relatable to kids to songs they already know. And you know, that's one thing Disney just couldn't copy either. They was like, damn, they got us. <laughs> We've been making our own shit. We just can't start using other people's now. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, DreamWorks. <laughs> they had to do something, bro. Uh, let's see. Shout out to the man, oh, you- the legend. Go ahead. What you got? I, I just, I just want to make sure that the man, the myth, or the legend is Donald Glover mm-hmm. for taking a role into existence. Can I throw in there? They're uh, okay. good stubs on the PJs. Are we gonna Damn! Say? I for, wait. Take it back. Yes, he was. <laughs> and he was there. He was there for what? All but one season, right? That was his show, right? Yeah, yeah. I believe so. Mm-hmm. And that hell of a role, damn, I forgot about the PJs. That was great representation. What? My mom let me watch. I I had to have been like maybe eight. And my mom- You shouldn't have been watching that. No. No. (laughs) But you know why? But you know why? Because it was cartoons. That's all all parents see. These are cartoons. Another show I definitely want to get into for another episode is Dinosaurs. Because I've been watching that lately, and it's like, there's no way in hell my mom knew what this was. She saw dinosaurs <laughs> on the TV and was like, oh, my son will like this. They talked about uh, drugs. They talked yeah. about steroids. They talked about homosexuality. They talked about politicalness. All in this show with these people in these dinosaur suits. I should not have been watching that. I need to go back and watch. <laughs> I, was like, I haven't seen dinosaurs then. I, I, I can't Not get the way back. I thought I saw a dinosaur. I don't think my attention span's there anymore for <laughs> you. You have to go back and watch dinosaurs. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. I do remember liking it. It sounds like I need to go back and watch I, I like the little baby. I'm the baby. I'm the baby. Not the mama. Not the mama. Not the mama. Not the mama. Yeah. He beat the shit out of his daddy. <laughs> That's what should be happening to Chris. Get out of here, man. Bye. <laughs> I do be whooping my ass, though. <laughs> she, got a, she got a nice right hook. <laughs> I got caught with that bit once. I ain't gonna lie. I did not know that shit was coming. Circling back to Donald Glover, what makes his voice role iconic as Miles Morales is the whole conception of the character. So as you may or may not know, when they talked about rebooting Spider-Man in 2011, 2012, there was a big push for Donald Glover to play Spider-Man. Make him black. He's nerdy. He could play Peter Parker. Donald Glover even got in there. Donald for Spider-Man. Hashtags on Twitter. And so you can't even miss the point that this this is something that went on stage and talked about this. Right. This, he, this man very literally put this into existence. Can make Spider-Man black now? We're just going to make Spider-Man black. You know, there was that whole campaign, and we all know that he didn't get to play the role of Spider-Man, but later on in their Ultimate series, Marvel created a black Latino Spider-Man, named him Miles Morales, based off of Donald Glover, and he later got to voice him in the Ultimate Spider-Man show, which I think is pretty cool. When a character is pretty much conceived because of Something you did, your role, your influence over mm-hmm. pop culture, and you get to go on to voice that character. It, it's pretty much the same thing as Nick Fury when they used his likeness to create the uh, Samuel Jackson 
Samuel Jackson. That's kind of Samuel Jackson kind of goaded because he became Nick Fury, right? But he's also voiced him too. That is true. Mm. You know how Marvel do things. Once you somebody, you somebody. And he's also Mufasa. I mean, not Mufasa. He's also Simba. Excuse me. Lord have mercy. Yeah, bro. I want him to be Mufasa, bro. He gonna have to be Mufasa. Dominic Love ain't gonna be no damn. Yeah, he's. Uh, I'm, I saw he's. You know, also a lot of sprinkled characters here and there, like uh, Marshall Lee Adventure Time. Mm-hmm. Whatever. He was also one of the rappers in um regular show when they yeah. were at the rap battle against Pops. Him and, mm-hmm. him and uh, Tyler the Creator. Can't forget about Chris Rock, aka Osmosis Jones, aka was it Marty? Is that the line? Yeah. No, no, it's Marty. Uh, Chris Rock is Marty. Mm-hmm. Marty. Hebrew. He played another role. It's got to be another one. I can't remember. It's one that we always forget. Uh, the, There's things for this. The, I don't know if that's a wasp. I think it's a wasp. Moose Blood from uh, B-Movie. And uh, Rodney from Dr. Doolittle. Rodney. Thank you. <laughs> that's the one we know. Rodney. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, Rodney is the hamster in Dr. Doolittle. I feel good. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's a guinea pig. Oh. Is it a, is it, yeah, let's say. Yeah, I think you're right. It is a guinea pig. Excuse me. I remember where I recognize Chris Rock voice acting from. He was Buddha in King of the Hill. Yeah. Buddha, Buddha, Buddha. Somebody explain. Which one's Buddha? Uh, I forgot why, but he was a, he was a comedian. And he made fun of Hank. Aha. Buddha sack. And he ended up working with him later, but um yeah, just he was he was the black guy in King of the Hill. <laughs> I'm <ugly. laughs> That's yeah. necessary for Chris Rock to play too. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad of, of all black guys they found Chris Rock for that role. I think it's uh, hilarious that in Madagascar, you know, when he found his uh, his people, his other zebras, uh, they were all his voice, too. You're a good-looking group. Y- y- you like to run? Oh, yeah! Run in this crap! <laughs> it's kind of racist, but it, it's, it's so... I like that, too. It's such a, it's a true it's, concept. Cause it the might whole, as well be. Yeah, because I know the first one, you know, he just... There was no one that looked like him. He was like, "What the fuck am I?" Kind of vibe in the first one, and then as soon They're as they all like me, ones, yeah, they all <laughs> like you. Look like they was all moving the same, like. And I'm sure, like, that's a great feeling. Like, I think back to an episode of Static Shock, and uh, I think it was Static in Africa, and I remember he was talking to his friend Richie, and he was saying like, when he was in Africa, he didn't feel like a black kid. He just felt like a kid. And you got to think that's probably how Marty felt just mm-hmm. being around Zebra. He didn't feel like, you know, Zebra, he just felt like he was there, a part of them, part of that family. Yeah. Oh, moving on to another honorable mention, Kyrie Payton. Oh, yeah. Live action, you'll recognize him as Ezekiel from The Walking Dead. But if you. AKA watch my TV, dog with the tiger. You'll know him as Cyborg. Tiger King number Titans. one, the better one. Uh, it, come on. It, he, ain't, nobody, ain't nobody fucking with Joe Exotic. Man, Joe Exotic in, in jail. I am never going to financially recover. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know he, he was 
kind of sprinkled throughout a lot of things too. Like Yeah, that. I see that. He was actually the one that played number nine Maurice and Codename Kid Next Door. He's also the voice of Wasabi in the Big Hero 6 TV show. And he was Craig in the Friday show. So we got Craig and Smokey in the list. Hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there's not sorry. enough black voice actors. I feel like all in the, I feel like every name that we we've named are the vo- the voices that we've known over the years Definitely. of all the most iconic black characters. We got to get in the voice acting. Voice acting is a great lane to get in. Need more representation. And it is. I know they had that one uh, cartoon. Was it Big Mouth? And it was a little black girl, and it was being voiced by that. Uh, I think she's Jewish. Mm-hmm. Um, and she stepped down. Yeah, it's it's necessary. Black voices are important. You know, I could hear in Cree Summer's voice that she was like me in some way. You know what I mean? And same yeah. with, you know, the way that we talked about Keith David and James Earl Jones resonating in, you know, Black figures that we have in our life in different areas, in, in a plethora of areas. You know what I mean? It's so necessary that you can hear someone's uh, culture and being and uh, similarity in a voice. I'm so glad you mentioned Big Mouth too, because I watched the show and they were, they became very self-aware of what was going on with that in the show for that season. I remember there was one scene where she didn't say the N word and Mm -hmm. the actual episode where she transitioned when they transitioned voice actors the character also went through this sort of black awakening herself. So it was a reflection on the inside of her growing as a character. And, you know, on the real world, there's that transition with a new voice actor getting that, that chance to play a black character. Do y'all know who replaced the role? Uh, I think she's a newcomer. Yeah. Don't know her name, but I'm sure when we do this list again um, next year or 10 years down the line, she's going to have a very extensive catalog for us to go over. Looking forward to it. Oh, it's Io um, Edenberry. So I've seen her stand up before. Okay. Um, she's definitely someone worth looking into. I, I mean, I liked her stand up for the most part. Comedy Central, she's a Comedy Central person. Yeah, she's got a couple um, things on Comedy Central. She does a really good, um, like a like a tit for tat show with this other white girl. Um, huh. Yeah, that, that they do these like comedy bounce off uh, skits and stuff. And yeah, she looks like Missy, huh? She looks like Missy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very very funny. Um, I think she's maybe in her like maybe twenty three, twenty four. All right, this shit awesome. Shout another, another young up-and-coming voice actor, Zeno Robinson. And if you don't recognize that name, it's probably because you don't like anime. And mm-hmm. anime is a genre where you don't see too many people of color anywhere. And there's been quite the surgeons recently. He plays uh, Ogun in Fire Force. He's Prince Colby. And Cannon Busters, and my favorite role, he is Hawks in My Hero Academia. These are all big ass roles. I didn't know. 
I just yeah. fuck with his name. I still got his name, Zeno. And he's also in um, Big City Green. Uh, he plays the black kid in that one, too. I, I watch it with my kids. I can't be bothered to remember the name at the moment. I think that's the heavy hitters. Are we missing anybody? Can y'all think of anybody? I want to give some love to a voice that has resonated with you throughout the years. Um, now I go back. I just want to go back to yo. Shout out to Kyrie Payton. Yo, that's that's a name who I didn't even know. Like I didn't figure out. That's another one I just kind of figured out who it was. And he's played so many big roles like throughout. You know my life. You know, just think about that booyah. Like that's like the first time you think of James Earl Jones and Keith David as like the father figures of, you know, voice acting um, as far as black, you know, black voices are concerned. But I feel like Kyrie Payton was the first one that I kind of resonated with who felt like more of like a big brother or like, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of like to me, like kind of my brother. Yeah, no, I think y'all pretty much did a good job of lining that up because you covered all the ones that I could think of and all the ones that really made an impact, you know, on our upbringing too. Like you kind of learn um, life skills through movies and cartoons and through these actors. So it is, again, like having these actors as, you know, relatable representations of your family, your dad, your mom, your, you know, so on and so forth. You, a reflection of you. Right. So I know we didn't get into all the black voice actors that there are out there. And the ones that we did get to, there's no way that we could uncover that we could cover their entire catalogs. I mean, we like you said, look to, look forward to the future, right? So if you've got a voice actor or a credit we left out, tweet us at nerdingwfriends at nerdingwfriends to let us know who we missed out on. So that's gonna be it for tonight. And until next time, it's been me, your boy C Ro Money Money. That's C dot R O double dollar sign. Yo, y'all have a great night. It's your boy, Code Dan Comet. And once again, thank you, Nicole, for joining us tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. Good night, everybody. Or wherever you are right now. (laughs) And we out. Peace. Peace.